May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What is it, I wonder, that we don't get the things the first time around? What is it about the human condition that we just can't quite seem to grasp something? Studies show that over and over again, it takes an average of two months for a new habit to be formed. And for learning something new, there are all sorts of numbers. Vocabulary, they say, seven times repetition. Something you're not interested in, 17 times. Muscle memory, a hundred times before your muscles remember to do what you are teaching them to do. And sometimes we have this fallacy that knowing is half the battle. But apparently, as I said, it's a fallacy. And I say that because I confess that I have signed up for Yale's happiness class. This is a course you may have read about in the New York Times where a psychology professor set up this class for students. She believed it was important for them to learn about quality of life amidst all the cerebral attention that they were already working on. And when she put this class together, it was over-enrolled immediately. I think four to five hundred students took the class in the first year. And so she decided to offer this class online to the public free on the platform Coursera. And I believe at this point a million people have signed up for this course. And I have signed up along with everyone else to learn how to live a life where happiness is a part of it. And the very first class she addresses that knowing is not half the battle. Because no matter how much we know, it doesn't mean that we will act on what we know. Now, one of my favorite books by Frederick Buechner is called The Gospel as Tragedy, Comedy, and Fairy Tale. And I picked it up again this week in light of the readings that we've heard this morning and the challenges we are having of sheltering in place. I think I would call this the meltdown week. Based on my own experiences and many other people that I have spoken to and prayed with, you could say that these days I'm seeing the gospel as more than tragedy, comedy, and fairy tale, but rather as gospel, the reality show. We are in real time, you and I. And as human beings, we just cannot seem to grasp this message of inclusion and invitation that the gospel repeatedly proclaims to us. For if we had, if we had, we would not keep returning to church because of our woundedness, our brokenness, looking for healing. Each time we fall, each time we suffer what life has placed in our paths, this reality of being human, we return, seeking God. And this constant cycle of falling and returning puts us in very good company with Jesus' disciples. For in our Easter readings, the disciples play the role of revealing Jesus to the world. Hence, that is why we are reading the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles spreading the gospel. And by the time we get to that book, 
The disciples are all over it. But to get there, we first learn that the scales had to fall from their own eyes. They themselves had to get to a place from which their hearts burned within them. And this burning moment they recognized in hindsight in Luke chapter 24, verse 32. This moment. And when they say, weren't our hearts burning within us? Shows how they were finally open to Jesus revealing himself to them. And that is where I wonder for you and I. For we can tell the story of Jesus' resurrection over and over again. In the third-person narrative of revelation in Scripture. But I am more drawn to wonder how open are we really to revealing Jesus to us in our own lives. And perhaps as I wonder this, it is to realize that the message, to grasp this message, to fully enter into this call that Peter this morning says, loving one another deeply from the heart. How do we grasp that message? How do we be free to enter into that deep love that God has given us? And I believe it is the only way we can do it, is to fully be ourselves, all of ourselves, to be authentic to God and one another, and to be real. Yes, like the velveteen rabbit, real. And yet, we cannot always do so because hubris, these scales, on the eyes get in our ways. And we put on the face that others want to see, the face that we, we think God wants to see. But first, Peter has a message for us. He says that we were ransomed from the futile ways, wearing a facade, futile, answering the call of the world, futile, living a life of materialism, Futile. Christ frees us from the captivity of our own desires to turn and face anything other than God. And Christ is the relationship that brings us back to God. This love of Christ addresses the narrowness of the heart that we develop as we grow older. For how could we possibly love everyone and everything? As a child, I learned a song, and maybe you did too. And it went, love is something if you give it away, give it away, give it away. That it becomes more when you give it away. And yet, as adults, we lose sight of this as we gallop along in our existence of fitting things into boxes and in timelines and quantifying and qualifying how life is supposed to go. But there are times in our lives in which our hearts truly burn within us. God's love is made known. Truth is made known, and we can feel the fire, and suddenly we know. The scales fall from our own eyes, and we've arrived at true understanding. And some of you know my story when I answered my call to be a priest. Those scales fell from my eyes as I sat in the pew watching my friend Lance be ordained. 
And as I journeyed through my life, I could see God in all those moments that I did not want to see. And when I walked out of that service, I knew. My friend Lance looked at me and he knew that something had changed. It was the call of God right there. And this morning, we have that moment of the scales falling from the eyes of the disciples when they come to this true understanding of Jesus' death and resurrection. Deeply love. With a human heart, says First Peter, we are being asked to love one another as God loves us and to love God as God loves us. And in this imitation, it means to be fully open with all of who we are, which means being vulnerable. It means being vulnerable to whom we are, not only with God, but with each other. Frederick Buechner says that we come clothed with our own securities and pretensions and reputations. And we are clothed this way not only for survival, but because, he says, we cannot endure too much nakedness any more than we can endure too much silence. We have journeyed through Lent. A Lent, a time of stripping away of that holy silence until at last we stand naked with ourselves and with Christ. And you and I have experienced a Lent that we never expected in this time of COVID-19. We have come to a moment of stripping even more than we expected. And we have come to a moment like the disciples of scales caught falling from our own eyes. And I think that's what this week is about. We have been so close with one another for so long now, our families and our friends, and these scales fall from our eyes and we are so vulnerable with each other, stripped to the bare minimum of food and shelter, family and close friends. And when we are in this place of nakedness with those that we love, there is nowhere to hide. No work outside the home for many of us. No events or parties or dinners and restaurants or other public opportunities to get away from the realities of ourselves and our lives. And we are forced to truly confront who we are in times of need, in times of stress, and in this confrontation. Staring in the mirror is where Jesus finds us and holds us and loves us. Loving us and affirming us in all of our nakedness and vulnerability, we are deeply loved. And this is what the resurrection is really about. Jesus answers, seeing us in all our nakedness and loves us through the truth that is named in our hubris. And this spring, as we find ourselves in front of this mirror when we least expected it, Beekner says, that it is the unlivable that drives us into the eye of the storm. And I believe we are in the eye of the storm with COVID-19. And as we stand in the eye of that storm and look at ourselves in the mirror, all the parts of us that we are proud of and all the parts that we are not, 
Can we grasp the love of Christ to affirm that? And if we can, how can we carry that deep love that is given to us from Christ? In the midst of our own nakedness and vulnerability, how do we carry that forward into the lives of those that we love? For we are, to quote King Lear, poor naked wretches. And it's terrifying to confront ourselves, to admit to those that we love that we are not all that we desire to be, but we can find that strength in the gift of Christ and Christ's love. God does not give answers, Beekner says. He gives himself. And in giving God's self to us, that is where love is. And the celebration in Christ's resurrection is that Christ is with us in all our vulnerabilities. And knowing that we no longer need to clothe ourselves with pretension and other trappings. And the question still is, how do we then give that to others? And I ask that especially because this feels like a contradiction. We're so close and vulnerable with each other in our homes, and yet when we go on the street, we're wearing masks. Masks that separate us from our neighbors because of COVID-19. And so suddenly we have no barriers between our loved ones and barriers between everyone we see when we go out to businesses and shop. And so here is an invitation. Instead of looking at these masks as a depressing sign of a current health reality, which it is, we can say that's a fact. Rather than retreating inward, let us go outward as an opportunity to be so true of who we are and who God has created us to be and how we are called to love, that this authenticity cannot be obscured by any mask that we wear. And when we pass someone on the street or trail, let that shine forth in our eyes and in our whole being. For this is how we celebrate Christ's resurrection this Easter, this gift for the world. And if we want to walk as children of light and follow Jesus, let us be open to revealing ourselves to him and let him reveal ourselves to us. And may we offer that to all of God's people, especially not only those close in our own lives, but those who walk with us each day on the street from a distance. And let us celebrate in the words of Gerard Manley Hopkins, let him Easter in us be a day spring to the dimness of us, be a crimson cresseted east. Amen.